Welcome to Liquid Church Media. The message you're about to enjoy was originally delivered live at Liquid Church by Pastor Tim Lucas. For more content, log on to liquidchurch.com or visit one of our campuses in the New Jersey metro area. Liquidchurch.com, where truth is relevant and grace wins. Can you see them? Can, can you, is God giving you the eyes to, to see what he sees? to feel what he feels, to give as he gave to a very hurting world all around us. I want to welcome you to Liquid Church. I'm Pastor Tim. If I haven't met you, glad you're here. We, are, um, we started a series, Broke, uh, a few weeks ago, and um, some people thought this was a series about you know, money and finance, and, and oh, I get it, people, you know, people are broke, and yeah, the economy has something to do with it, but I hope, I hope you're sensing something bigger. I hope there's starting to be a shift that's taking place inside of you, that as you become aware of the needs in this broken world around you, something else is breaking. That is, your heart is becoming broke, broken in all the right places, broken as as you pray, you know, God, break my heart for what breaks yours. There's so much brokenness in the world around us. It's like there's this ocean of need, and I don't know about you, but candidly, I feel like God's spirit is saying to our church, surf's up, let us dive in. And be the hands and feet of Christ to people who just feel forgotten. A couple weeks ago, we, um, we released $30,000 to the people of this church. And this was not a bribe uh, to get you to come back. <laughs> uh, this was not a, a bailout. 20 bucks, we realize, is not going to magically transform your life in some way. But the reality is this, this is a challenge. From your master, Jesus, to you, his, his children, a challenge with one simple guideline, and that was to use the master's money to bless somebody in need in a way that somehow shows the love of Jesus Christ to them. Giving, candidly, giving cash is the easy part. That's, that, that's just, just money after all. But the two most important things that you bring to the table were actually given to you by Christ himself. That is your creativity and your compassion. I am convinced that when God begins breaking the heart of his church and that crack begins flooding with the creativity from the Holy Spirit, lives actually begin changing. I begin seeing this happen all over our church right now. Um, how are you investing the master's money in a creative way? Because the idea here was very simple. We gave out 10s and 20s and 50s, and you had three weeks to multiply the master's money in a creative way and return it by October 16th so we could donate it back out again and really do three things. That is, renovate a rescue mission in Morristown, feed the homeless on the streets of Patterson through the fall, and help our flooded out neighbors in the township of Manville. Three outreaches to the least, the last, and the lost. That's what we're about as a church. We don't want to just do church on Sunday. We want to be the church and bless the poor and learn from them just as Jesus blessed us. So we gave you seed money. That was the simple part, cash. But you had to summon the creativity and the compassion to invest it wisely. And this is kind of cool because this is as fresh as this week. This thing, it seems to be starting to go viral on Facebook. Um, A few people chimed in this week. Somebody said this. They said, my children and their best friend are buying supplies to make baked goods. We're going to be selling them in hopes of tripling their money and donating it to the flood victims in Manville. People are starting to put uh, their own ideas on our blog. I like that because it involves their kids. It's kind of like get your family involved. Jenny Johnson from our Morristown campus, she said, we're giving to an orphan with HIV. We're helping to offset her adoption costs for her future forever family. She and her husband, Josh, are involved in projecthopeful.org. The idea is to look in the world around you where you have influence, where you have passion, and show the compassion of Christ in a, in a creative way. 
I love that. It doesn't have to come back to our church. Send it back out. That's the whole idea of building the kingdom. A third person said this. They said, I asked several of my friends and family to donate directly to the Broke website, and then I sold an old designer bag on eBay whose proceeds I'm going to use to match their donations. This is such a powerful idea. I can't wait to see how the Lord moves. So that's a great idea, right? Taking your stuff. Maybe you have some things that, you know, you realize these are just symbols of my affluence that I'm going to use to actually serve the poor. This one reminded me of Luke 18, where Jesus says, sell everything you have, including your Gucci bag, and give it to the poor, and you'll be blessed. A guy in our life group actually held a garage sale on Saturday. He got $10, placed, a, placed an ad in the, uh, in the newspaper because he's actually out of work and he was going to do a garage sale to, you know, raise money for his own family. But he said, you know what? In a time of crisis, I want to show my kids that I'm open-handed. So he put his $10 ad in the newspaper on Saturday. He rings me up. It ended up he had over $1,600. And one day he's donating to Market Street Mission to help the men in recovery there. People are posting all sorts of creative ideas. My current favorite, however, was posted on Tuesday by Shocker, a hairstylist. Uh, this person wrote, I am so excited about the reverse offering. I couldn't wait to get to work today and start on my plan. From October 1st through the 16th, I'll be donating $10 of every haircut that I do. My goal is 10 haircuts a day for 10 days and turn my $10 into $1,000 by the 16th. I love it. That's creative compassion. That's heart and hair combined, okay? In fact, I like this so much, I wanted to, to, to welcome him up there. Manny, you want to come up here? This is, would you welcome Manny Padrone, who's the owner of Substance Salon? Manny, awesome, brother. I love it, man. Thank you for being here. Thank you, Pastor. Thanks for having me. Just tell us, how did you come up with this idea? So after church on Sunday, um, I was just inspired by seeing, you know, what the church is doing, and I really wanted to use my creativity that God has given me and what he's entrusted in me to use it to help his people. Now, you're the owner of Substance Salon, which is in Lyndhurst? Yes. This is your place? This is my place, This is yes. your place, and you cut hair there? Pretty cool, yeah. What yeah. can you do with this? Anything can be done here? Is this, uh... I think you're looking good. That's your <laughs> trademark uh, signature style. I think you look good. It's a piece. That, yeah. It's like a Darth Vader helmet. So you just kind of take it off. There. That's how we know you. So, um, so how's it been going? Tell us how it's going. It's been going well. We opened okay. two years ago. Uh, uh-huh. My wife and I opened the salon, and uh, we found our name, Substance, in the Bible. In uh, Hebrews 11.1, 1, it says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not Love seen. It. So that word substance stood out to us, and we decided to use it. Uh, to let people know about a little bit about us and our relationship with God. I love it. When you're yeah. naming, when you're naming your salon, man, after Hebrews, I love it. That is yes. a godly salon. So if you need a haircut, this is the place to go. <laughs> Just real quick, how is it going with the with your customers? Like, are you sharing with them? What's it's, going on? It's going awesome. Okay. I've been pumped up, and I've been able to share and witness to yep. people. So yep. when they sit down in my chair, obviously everyone goes to a salon. It's awesome just to be able to speak to them about God. And this is a great introduction because I have a little sign on my station that says, you're making a difference today. $10 of your haircut is going towards the relief of families that have lost their homes due to the flooding and Hurricane Irene. So I've been able to open that conversation about God. And people have been able to ask me, uh, did your house flood? And I said, no, but my neighbor or this or that. So the conversations have come up, and it's a a nice window. Love it. Can we hear it from Manny? That's creative compassion. I love it, brother. Thanks, man. I love it. Thank you. Awesome. That's the idea, guys. That, that's where you take your passion. What's your God-given gifts? Manny is an artist. He's using his abilities, but in a compassionate way. And guess what? All of a sudden, people want to find out, why are you doing that? 
It's a little somebody called Jesus Christ. That's a big somebody. He's changed my life, and now I'm part of his mission to a hurting world. So this is an awesome idea. We gave you seed money, and the idea is for you to use your creative compassion by the Holy Spirit and multiply it. I love that because the whole idea is kind of grassroots. It does illustrate the idea that recovery rarely comes from the top down, but it's from the bottom up as God's people step up to help their neighbors in need. We're not waiting on Washington because government isn't the source of recovery. God is, and you're his trusted servants, and he's really inviting you to serve him creatively this fall in his name. Um, There are tons of great ideas all over our website, so if you need inspiration, go to liquidchurch.com. I think it's like backslash ideas broke, and um, if you haven't posted your idea yet there, it is not too late, um, and hopefully you'll inspire other folks. Because remember this, God trusts you, okay? You've got another week or so before returning your envelope on October 16th, and then we're going to send that right back out again and just see this thing kind of go build momentum and spread out from our church into our cities in Christ's name. Now, what I want to do is kind of turn the corner here and actually invite you to take out your Bible. We're going to look at an amazing story, I think an awkward story, in Mark chapter 12 um, that we learn about Jesus. And uh, because if all this talk of finances and like, brokenness and investing makes you uncomfortable, I blame Jesus, okay? Uh, It may surprise you to learn, but Jesus actually talked more about the topic of money than heaven and hell combined. And the reason is simple, because it ain't about the money. You know the song, the cha-ching, cha-ching, the ba-bling, ba-bling, it ain't about the money. It's about the heart, because Jesus says, where your treasure is there, your heart will be also. That's how he put it. And because our compassion is supposed to come out of our heart, Jesus took interest in giving people, in people's giving. To me, candidly, this is kind of uncomfortable in Mark 12, because this little vignette here starts at verse 41, and it says that one day in church, Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put, and he watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. And let's just stop there, because acknowledge something that makes me uncomfortable. Doesn't it make you feel like weird? I want you to think of someone like kind of watching you put your money into the offering bucket at church. And I, and I actually, I need to apologize because something in me died a little the other week when, when Channel 12 News came here to the church. That was so, obviously the media has been all over this whole like idea of creative compassion. And that, that's a great thing. We want to be in dialogue with secular culture, okay, about the role of faith in everyday life. That's, a, that's actually a goal of our church to help shift the conversation about Christianity from politics to compassion, okay? So when that, came, but when that camera crew came, we, we said, well, all right, well, that's fine, but just be discreet. This is a worship service. Don't, like, get up in anyone's grill. And uh, what was amazing is I don't know what happened, but, like, when it came time for the offering, this guy takes out his camera, and he puts this, like, giant floodlight on, and he starts following people all over, and he's, like, going up and down the rows, looking at the buckets. He's like, what'd you put, you know? And he's doing this thing. I'm just like, what's going on here? And I apologize. That, like, made me cringe. It's like something in me died because it's like, that's supposed to be between you and God. It's supposed to be, like, a secret thing. You don't want your, you know, someone looking, what are you putting in the offering? How much did you put in? How much did you take out? And yet, that's what Jesus does. Ooh. Scripture says he sat down intentionally, where the offerings were being put, and watched the crowd putting in their money into the buckets. And it's like, man, Jesus, you're nosy. (laughs) Like, why would he do that? You know, turn the camera on people. What are you giving? You know, giving. And it says Jesus made two observations. He said, first, many rich people threw in what? Large amounts. In other words, some of the people that day, they wrote a check. Oh, somebody's watching. They dropped it in. They started... 
dishing it out. They were materially blessed, and they just kind of started doling it out. But then he says, a poor widow came, and she only put in, what, two very small, what, copper coins worth only a fraction of a penny. She didn't have two nickels to rub together, not even a penny, and she drops them in. And this is great, because to make this live here, for the people in our church, all of our campuses, Nutley on the big screen, New Brunswick, great to have you guys. You need to know this. We have both groups represented here in our church at all of our different campuses. I was talking with one of the reporters, and they said, so is liquid diverse? And I said, yeah, candidly, one of the very cool things is that every Sunday, we have people sit shoulder to shoulder, side by side from every walk of life. A few weeks ago, I was greeting some people just sitting here before the service in in a row, and they didn't know it, but these two guys were sitting next to each other, and the one guy is a hedge fund manager, okay, on Wall Street, Manhattan. And sitting next to him was a guy in drug recovery at Market Street Mission. He lost his home, he lost his job, he was getting his life back together. And you know what? Them sitting shoulder to shoulder is beautiful. That's the kind of church I want to be a part of, okay? That's the kind of church Jesus envisioned. And I think that makes him smile because rich, poor, it actually doesn't matter. What matters is what direction are you traveling in? Are you moving toward Jesus? In other words, orienting more and more of your life to follow him? Or are you just sitting there kind of stuck or maybe even moving away? Nobody knows. From all outward appearances, you don't know what's going on inside someone's heart. And this is why Jesus is sitting there watching what folks are putting in the offering. Because he's like, one of the telltale signs of where somebody's heart is is how sacrificial they are in their giving. And he says to his disciples, he's like, hey, notice a lot of rich people, they throw in large amounts. But a poor widow come, and she puts in his two little copper coins, it's not even worth a penny, and then here comes a shocker. He goes, calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, I tell you the truth, this poor widow has put, what's the word, liquid? More into the treasury than all the others. And they must have been like, huh? They all gave out of their wealth, but she out of her, what's the word? poverty put in everything all she had to live on time if i told you that right now in this service somebody just put a check in for a thousand dollars would you say wow that's a lot yeah shake your head yeah if you're like well, i said that or would you say uh it depends see because jesus is highlighting the fact that when it comes to generosity, and generosity simply means how much of your heart is open to God's love and in sync with his mission to serve the world. How much you give in church actually doesn't matter. Because in God's eyes, the value of a gift is never about the amount, but the spirit in which it's given. It's something invisible. You following me? In other words, when people give part of their income back to God, the, the, the scandalous truth is this. Gifts of any size can be absolutely thrilling to God when they're given out of gratitude, not guilt. Not uh, 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 grudgingly, but with a spirit of generosity. I mean, why did Jesus turn the camera on and spotlight this woman like this? Commentators point for a lot of reasons. They say, well, notice she's a widow, which in the first century meant she was broke, <laughs> This is a patriarchal culture. Women didn't have an education. They never touched the family money. So she was probably not only without a husband, but living on food stamps, basically standing in the welfare line, okay? But honestly, I think there's a deeper reason Jesus turned the spotlight on her. Because this poor widow was secretly rich. (laughs) Rich, remember last week? Rich in all the things that matter most. In her passion for Christ. 
and her love for others and her remarkable spirit to serve the Lord with all that she had. If you're taking notes, I made this very easy to remember because this widow gave beyond three things. She gave beyond her convenience. It wasn't just what she had on her. She gave beyond her calculation. What can I afford to give? And she gave way beyond her capacity. See, when most people um, give in church or charity or whatever, let's just be honest, they do so mainly out of their convenience. Most people say, oh, here comes like the offering or whatever it is. What do I have on me? They give like a, a tip. Okay, here's a five. I like to worship 10. Uh, whatever, you know, what's our... Uh, you know, oh, I just heard the message. Give me 10 back. You know, it's kind of like that. Or they give out of their calculation. They say, well, what can I afford? It's not a tip. It's more like a tax. Like I'll give a tithe of exactly 10%, but not a penny more because that's what the Bible asks for. It requires it. And the, the, a little bit of the problem is, is that statistically, this is true. The more money somebody has, the less they actually give proportionally. Did you know that? Again, Someone who, gives, someone who earns $10,000 a year, they give $1,000. Man, that's massive. That's huge. But it's $1,000, right? Someone who has $100,000, for them to give $10,000, they're like, that's 10%. That is a big chunk. $10,000 is like half a car, all right? But a person earning a million dollars, they rarely give $100,000 because you're like, that's serious money. That's like, that is like a shed in New Jersey, man, $100,000. <laughs> But, it, but it's true. Statistically, all charitable giving says that the more money somebody has, the less they actually give proportionally. It's a, it's a scandal. So this woman, she gives way beyond her convenience. She's broke. She's destitute. She doesn't even have two pennies. And there's no calculation. The math doesn't add up. <laughs> she just gave everything. It's like, well, what are you going to do tomorrow? She's like, I don't know. I just need to give this to God. In contrast, some rich people threw in large amounts. Proportionally, however, she said they're probably less than the sacrifice she's making. Again, go back to my hypothetical example. What if I told you someone just gave a $1,000 check in today's offering? Is that a big gift in God's eyes? It depends. What if you knew that person was a millionaire, an entrepreneur, somebody who owned a whole chain of restaurants? Would $1,000 be a big sacrifice? What if you knew that $1,000 was given by a waitress working at Denny's? Yeah? A single mom with a couple of kids at home. See, that's the secret Jesus is getting at. When we give back to God, the amount doesn't matter. It's the spirit behind the gift, which only God can see. Only Jesus knows what's in your heart. As a pastor, I have these moments that break my heart, you know, going to a funeral or a hospital visit, and um, these moments where my heart does ah, kind of cracks. But I also have these moments that kind of take my breath away. And after the service last week, one of the volunteers came up to me with, uh, with the, uh, you know, connection card. You know, we give these to you guys, and where it says, my response today. People usually put, you know, a prayer request or a need they have. And we, pray, we have a team that prays for you every week by name. When, when, when you write that on there, we pray for you. But the volunteer with this card came up and says, Pastor Tim, you just got to read this. And she kind of had tears in her eyes. And I was like, let me, and then I read it, and then I started welling up. Somebody wrote, Pastor Tim, God already told me what to do with the $10 he gave me today. I'm a single mom, and I am struggling. Well, I got $1,400 from FEMA after Irene. I only need $400. So I'm giving to you the 1000 they gave me. And I hope it helps the men at Market Street Mission. God bless you all. And part, part of me, 
feels like I should take off my shoes. Because that's a holy thing. That's a sacred thing. That, that is something only God knows what sacrifice that is his daughter is making. She didn't put her name on it. It's just completely anonymous. And I, I just thought, how do, you, how do you think the Father feels about that? How do you think the Heavenly Father feels about that? Jesus called his disciples and I said, I'll tell you the truth. This poor woman put in more than everyone else combined. They all gave out of their wealth. She gave out of her poverty, her FEMA relief check. She put in everything. For other men shall never meet the side of heaven. That's the kind of church, folks, I want to be a part of. My heart, like, explodes when I get the privilege of, of seeing this kind of thing because I think, if I feel that way, what must the father's reaction be to a child trusting him like that? That, to me, is, is a miracle. It's a miracle because at the bottom of this, she actually drew a little Ziggy cartoon of a guy dancing. <laughs> and I read that, and I was like, I, what am I going to get up here and say, and say? Whatever I say is stupid and inadequate. You know, Jesus said, the poor you will always have with you. And I never knew what to make of that verse, but now I realize I thank God for that because in many ways, it's people who are struggling, people who are not outwardly rich, or even necessarily middle class, who actually are our spiritual teachers. And we become rich as we follow their example. That's why Jesus says, gather in, disciples. Come on in. Growing up, I was always taught that you give 10% of your income back to the church as a tithe. You guys know that? I did that for years. I grew up in the church. Sometimes it was very grudgingly. I was like, all right, 10%. And I calculated it down to the T, exactly to the nickel and everything. And most often, if I'm honest, it was like exacting and it was not really a sacrifice. It was like, well, I can afford this, and plus, I don't want God mad at me. And the truth is, when we sit here and consider giving us like a certain percentage point of our income a great accomplishment, the reality is we resemble the first group that Jesus was highlighting. That, that, that they gave, but, but they didn't give beyond their convenience or beyond their calculation. This woman gave far beyond her capacity. And Jesus is like, follow her example. Follow a woman living in poverty. Let her be your teacher. And the, and the challenge to me is like, as disciples of Christ, the idea is, can, we, can I increase my giving, whether it's money, whether it's time, whether it's challenge, to a point that's beyond convenience, that's beyond my calculation, that actually stretches my capacity? Does giving to God stretch you? Think about that. That's a, that's a question I was asking myself this week because this, this thing was sitting on my desk and sometimes it was like it was on fire, challenging me. When I give, does it cost me something? Because the pain that you experience when you sacrifice to give your whole heart, guess what? That pain, it's the muscles ripping. Your heart is growing. You cannot grow in Christ without stopping to serve the poor. I know of nobody who's taken that truth more personally than the person I'm about to introduce you to. Um, some of you know Juan Galloway and his wife, Tracy. They are exceptional people. So are their kids. And um, Juan is the president of the Relief Bus. That's that incredible organization that we are going to be partnering with this fall. And the Relief Bus is basically a mobile resource center that drives out into the inner cities to serve the urban poor 
all across the tri-state area. And those school buses are, are retrofitted, and, and we're going to be driving into Patterson on Saturday nights this fall to serve our neighbors who are living on the street, food, soup, give them a hot meal, connect people on the street with actually shelter, medical care, and job training. And I invited my friend Juan uh, actually to come here tonight and to share with us just all of our campuses, if you're, if you're watching. This is, a, is, again, a sacred moment. Just sharing what you're learning from the street. Juan, would you welcome Juan Galloway all the way up here? Come on, Juan. Thank you, my man. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. Tell me a little just Relief Bus history. How long has that been in existence? Relief Bus has been going 22 years now into Manhattan, into Harlem, into the Bronx, and also Newark and Patterson, New Jersey. Amazing. And you've been involved for a couple decades. Yeah, I've been uh, actually on board now for eight years myself, and uh, I just took over about a year and a half uh, for my mom and dad who started it. Awesome. So tell us a little bit. We're going to be heading into Patterson this fall. What should we expect? Well, Patterson is one of the most intense cities in America. I'm not kidding. And I've, I've seen a lot of the inner city. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a very devastated area. It's a very crime-riddled, drug-infested area. And it's, it's an area of great need. The interesting thing is, Juan was talking with me a little bit about this, how kind of the, the face of poverty has changed. Because a lot of, you know, I think we hear the word homeless and we just have this cliche or stereotype like, oh, it's a wino living under the bridge. But that's changed. You've seen even over the last couple of years. Yeah, especially in this recession, Tim, it's like the numbers are an all-time high. It's depression level. The, the, the public shelters in New York City are at capacity. Mm-hmm. Last year, there was 113,000 homeless living in those shelters, and that's not even all that were counted. And so we're seeing just a huge mass of families, people who are just out of work, and they just yeah. need a helping hand. And they don't always look homeless, like we're used to that picture of someone with holes in their clothes and a big beard or something. Yeah. They have a rolling suitcase. They have clothes that maybe were very cheap to get, and so they just look like you and me. You're saying that a lot of the homeless people you actually have cell phones. Yeah, and there's, <laughs> okay. there, because there's services that will provide them cell phones to help them get jobs. So, right. yeah, they'll look just like you and me. Yeah. Now, this is interesting because there are more traditional type of folks who are, the, the system has kind of dropped the ball. Tell us about your friend Willie. Yeah, Willie is a guy I met in the South Bronx. <clears throat> you can see his photo here. Yeah. Willie... Um, it was basically coming to the relief bus for over 10 years to get food and just to survive. I met Willie in the South Bronx one day, and I went up just to say hello and, hey, how you doing? How's the soup? And he just went like this. He just blew me off. He ain't having it. He was cold. He was hard. He was a little mean. I said, okay, that's fine. <laughs> you know, give him his space. Yeah. But as I got to know him, uh, after 10 years, something miraculous happened. Um, he, be, he basically, what happened is he had been growing up in upstate New York. His mom abandoned him. He, they, she took off to find work in New York City, and it devastated him. Hmm. At 14 years old, he ran away from home. He was living with his aunt and uncle, went to New York City. And he went on a hunt for his mom, you know, hmm. in a city of 20 million people. Mm-hmm. And he didn't find her, of course. He ended up homeless at 14, living on the streets, yeah. shoplifting, got involved with the wrong people, using drugs and alcohol, and ended up really a shell uh, of, of what he really should have been. And um, that's when we, we met him on the streets. So that was about 10 years. And then what is this picture? Because who are these folks? That doesn't look... Are these his relatives? Uh, no. There's not a strong family resemblance. This is actually uh, two older ladies or Italian Catholic ladies, Jean and, Je- Jean and Jeannie. And these are some other volunteers. What happened was, at this point, Willie had been homeless for 40 years. Statistically, you think, well, he's a lost cause. Nothing's going to change. 
drugs, alcohol. Yet when Gene and Jeannie met him, they started over six years' time serving on the bus, uh, just loving on him yeah. as, as if they were, he was his, they were his son. Uh, he was their son. And so they heard he got very sick. He was taken to the hospital. They heard word, and they went into that, ho- that hospital room. And Willie told me this later on. He said, Juan, it's like when they walked in the door, I couldn't believe it. Who would come to visit me? Because he had nobody like that. And they brought him balloons and cards, and he was so blown away. And he told me, he said, Juan, that day, mm. everything changed. He said, I didn't believe in myself, but because they believed in me, I thought, maybe I could change. Willie looks a little bit different today. What's this picture of? Well, after he got out of the hospital, he checked himself into a Christian rehabilitation program. He, he received the Lord. He, get, he got set free from drugs and alcohol, dealt with inner healing and stuff that has to do with recovery, got into a transitional home after he graduated from the program, and then he got an apartment for the first time in his life, and he actually came and served at, at a local soup kitchen to give back to those same friends that he had on the streets. This is a photo of him and Jean, the woman, one of the people who reached out to him, and uh, he was speaking at our banquet about the transformation in his life, and basically he got up on stage and said, this is my mom. That transcends ethnicity, race, gender. That's the kingdom lived out. Jesus said, when you, when you, I was alone in the hospital and you came and visited me. I was hungry and you fed me. And he counts it as service directly to who? To Jesus. Can you see, can you, uh, just one sec. Does that look like Jesus to you? Because in a very real way, on the streets of Patterson, you're going to meet Jesus this fall. You have to understand that. You can come to church. Let's meet Jesus. Let's sing about... You can meet Jesus anytime of the day or night. And we're going to go there at night. Is this safe to bring my kids to? <laughs> Just be honest. <laughs> my daughter goes out every Saturday on okay. the relief bus. So, and youth come, you know, and children year-round yeah. uh, with their parents. So it's an amazing time. And generally, when, when the bus rolls in, people are happy to see us. Yeah. Though, though their, their lives may be in the worst condition, yeah. we're, we're a highlight in their day. Can we thank Juan and Tracy for their leadership, the way that they are leading? I thank you, brother. Thank God for you. Thanks, man. Awesome. Awesome. Um, Just candidly, I mean, we signed up. Our life group this past week, they're jazz. We're going out on October 22nd, and we still have a few slots left on the relief bus. My guess is that's going to fill up pretty quickly. Um, I'm so excited, guys, because that's what it means to be on mission with Jesus. That's exactly what it means. It's to, may the kingdom come, may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Here it is. Get on board. Boop, boop, the bus is leaving. When Juan was telling me about the change in the face of poverty today, it was interesting because I came across this article in the New York Times where it said the poverty line for a family of four now is actually $23,314. For a single parent with three kids, it's $18,500. So, so a lot of single parents, what's happened with the recession is, as, as the recession has kind of happened, they were in the middle class, and all of a sudden they got bumped just beneath that poverty line, and now they're living on the streets. He was telling me about how he has whole families, you know, a family of three living on the streets. And so that's who you're going to meet. That's who you're going to see as we sign up to serve. And I'm like, what better way to teach my kids how to follow Jesus than follow Juan and Tracy and their kids into the streets of our state? Amen. I was um, reading my devotions this past week um, in Proverbs, and it said, uh, he who is kind to the poor, this just struck me, I wrote it down, he who is kind to the poor does what? Lends to 
the Lord, and he will reward him for what he has done. In other words, all throughout Scripture, God identifies directly with the poor, just like Jesus does in Matthew 24. In other words, he says, when you do it to one of the least of these, you're doing it to me. So you show kindness, you show generosity to people who are in poverty. God accepts our help like it's done directly to him. He goes, I'll pay you back, okay? And that's one of the wisest investments you can make with, the mo- with your money this side of heaven. So you've got a week left to, uh, to kind of um, candidly make sunshine. <laughs> We're asking uh, all gifts to be back by October 16th. And, and if you've given away, that's great. Invest and help someone else. But uh, my whole family has taken this challenge, and it was kind of fun because as a, as a family, we, we, we didn't score big. I didn't get an, uh, an envelope, but my, my kids did, and my wife came, and it was kind of fun because my daughter was like, what did I get? And she goes, oh, I got a 10. And then my son was like, oh, what did I get? And he's like, I got a 10. And then my wife was like, what did I get? And she's like, 10. So they got, we got $30 as a family, and, and it was kind of funny, too, because we've been wrestling with this. Like, what are we going to invest our $30 in to, to you know, bring the kingdom in a creative way? And I, it, this is remarkable because um, I'm writing this message on Wednesday in my, my, at home, just kind of in my office. And I'm writing, and the mail comes in, and the mail gets thrown on my desk, and there's this envelope from Grace Realty. And this is the, uh, we, we, go, we go down the shore on vacation like in August, and we were evacuated from Ocean City because of Hurricane Irene. Our, our, our family vacay cut short two days. So I'm like, oh, this is like an apology letter or something. And I open it up. And it's a check, I don't know if you can see this, for $300. The $30 is sitting on my desk, and then I get a check for $300. And I'm like, (gasps) (gasps) (laughs) like, yes, oh, perfect, this is awesome. And I'm I'm like, brilliant, oh, God. I feel like all generous because I'm like, we can put this together, and it's like 10 times, whatever, and all that. And uh, and I'm writing this message about to share share this with you, and then literally I'm thinking about this other where, where the mom gives her thousand dollars out of a FEMA check. And I'm like, is this a sacrifice for me? That's spent money. That's gone. We already can be beyond my convenience. Oh, lucky check. Beyond my calculation. God, I want you to stretch my heart. So as a family, we're like, you know what? We need, we need to give even more. We need to invest this. And so we're partnering with our life group. They're going to do their garage sale again. And then we're like, kids, let's, let's get some more stuff because we want to grow. We want our, their hearts to be stretched. And God to have more and more of us in the process. That's why the series is called Broke. Jesus, break my heart with what breaks yours. Everything I am for your kingdom's cause. That's what we sing. So candidly, I hope some of you guys are going to step up and give big this fall. Remember, we are committing an additional $60,000 that's going to go to these three outreach projects. It's $90,000 total because we want to put more than just our muscle behind it. We want our heart to be behind it, which means we invest our, our treasure as well. And $90,000 is a stretch for us as a church. I just need to say that. But we're stretching so that we will grow deeper as a church. We'll grow deeper in Christ. We'll reflect the Father's heart more and more, especially for those who are closest to his. So just remember that. The amount doesn't matter. Some of you could write a check today for $10,000, and it would require zero adjustment to your lifestyle. I understand that. You have been blessed materially. That is great. But God's blessed you so you can be a blessing. Don't give a tip. Don't give a tax. Give sacrificially. Unleash the creative compassion that God planted in you at the beginning of creation. In fact, let me just make this very personal to to you right now because some of you are thinking about this. What is God telling you to do right now? I I mean, 
I've been giving you all sorts of examples and stories. You've heard from Nanny and Juan. And, 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 but what is God stirring up in you? Because I'm guessing some of you have been starting to connect the dots over the last few weeks. And you, you know what God's calling you to do. And what I'm going to ask you to do right now is, is what this struggling mom did is she wrote it down. Would you take out your pen, and you're not going to hand this in. You're not giving this to me. This is between you and God. Take your pen. Go ahead and click that. And I want you to say, I think I hear God saying, I don't know what it is. What is God telling you to do? How is he asking you to stretch yourself and show compassion in a creative way? We're not collecting these, but she wrote that down, and that became a holy moment between her and God. That is a moment the father, I just can't imagine his heart. You think he'll provide for his daughter? You think he'll provide? Yeah. Without a doubt. Amen. Absolutely. And he's going to provide for you. So write that down. Commit that to God. That's your response today. And take that home and know this. Wherever you are, rich or poor, it doesn't matter. God knows your heart. And that's not a threat. (laughs) Okay? I think some people hear that like, oh, no, he knows. He's not disappointed. If you'd like to do more but you don't have it, it's the spirit behind your gift. So be rich. Rich with creativity, with compassion. Rich in love for God and love for the least. Amen? All right. Let's commit these responses to prayer. God, we're anxious to see what you're going to do. I thank you, Lord, for the example of my sister. God, um, I, I mean that, Lord. That's a sacred thing. That's holy ground. God, when you explode into someone's heart and, and cause them to do something unnatural, look beyond themselves to the needs of others. That's the spirit of your son rising again, the resurrection power of Jesus. I, I pray that you would bless her, Father. Thank you that that's a leader in our church. God, that is what leadership is about. It's about being the first to serve and wash feet. And I thank you, Lord, for the way that you brought her to our church, a struggling single mom, to lead my heart. That's just so humbling, God, and we just thank you for her life. I thank you for the hundreds more, Father, um, that you're stirring in them. I thank you for Manny. I pray that you bless Substance Salon, Lord. Do a work there. Do a work in all the different ideas that your people, Lord. We're trying to sow seeds because we want to see the gospel grow across our state. We ask that all the glory would go to your son, Jesus. It's in his name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to Liquid Church Media. If you were inspired or challenged by today's message, we hope you'll tell a friend. For more content, log on to liquidchurch.com or visit one of our campuses in the New Jersey metro area. Liquidchurch.com, where truth is relevant and grace wins.